I have no idea why all of the help topics in GarageBand are in Spanish right now. Um, donde esta el language changer? <laughs> Maestro volumo. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's terrible. Hi, this is Reed. I'm married to Abby, and I know about physics. Hi, this is Abby. I'm married to Reed, and I don't. Welcome to Family Antimatters, the science podcast from both ends of the spectrum. Hey, I don't want to. Hey, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Family Antimatters. Episode three. Yeah, I'm Reed. I'm Abby. And what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Meow. Meow. All right. So I know this comes up a lot, like just in conversation, pop culture, whatever. Why? Uh, why Schrodinger's cat? Um. Well, I'm saying it right, right? It's Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Let me let me reference my notes here. All right. Get at it. Okay. Notes. Uh, there are nerdy jokes about this, and it annoys me. Why does it annoy you? Um, because it's on t-shirts, and it was everywhere all of a sudden, and I didn't know where it came from. So it annoys you because it's oversaturated, or it annoys you because you don't get it? Um, both. It, it bo- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like such a fucking hipster, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What is this Schrodinger? What is this Schrodinger's cat thing? Where did it come from all of a sudden? I guess the the like the the intersection of like all of a sudden I saw like Doctor Who shirts with Schrodinger's cat on them and stuff. It's like what? Okay. Okay. I just I just want to know more about it. Um, and then uh, cats are cool. Obviously. Um, any model that can use a cat, I feel like is. <laughs> automatically better i mean dogs too i guess any animal it's relatable yeah it's relatable um honestly there's no reason to use a cat instead of a dog it's just what he chose so no yeah i mean i feel like schrodinger was a cat person so that's why he chose a cat (laughs) who can say yeah i'm sorry for all the cussing earlier but jeez Um, so yeah, that is why, because it is everywhere and proliferated amongst nerd culture, but I don't think anyone I knew could really explain it to me. Bes- okay. Besides you. And- Yay. So do you know anything about Schrodinger's cat other than it's on t-shirts? Um, yes. Okay. Talk to me. These are my points. <laughs> it's a model for something, question mark. Yeah. Um, the cat is alive and dead at the same time in the box. Yeah. And then my next point is science, question mark, question mark, <laughs> and cats. Question um, mark, question mark. And that the guy's name is Schrodinger, and yes, that is that is all I know. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> that the guy's name is Schrodinger seems, uh, or Schrodinger, whichever, seems uh, over-apparent. <laughs> seems obvious. You know what, Reed? Not all of us. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um and I think the cat is in space. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, like in my head it's like this cat in a box and it's in space. 
and that's all I know. This might also happen to be the you know reason you think it's in space was because we read uh, Hyperion, and in the last of those Hyperion books, Raul is actually in like a like a Schrodinger box prison kind of thing, and he's in space, and it has that same mechanism. Maybe, or maybe just or maybe I saw you just a like diagram space. with a cat, or I just like space. Either way. Either way, you'll explain it to me. Sure. Okay, so those are the things I know about Schrodinger's cat. So point one, Schrodinger, Schrodinger, he was German. He has umlauts over the O in his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, in about 1935, he and a bunch of other guys were you know, in the midst of figuring out quantum mechanics, you know, defining a system that described things that were real small and basically an alternate rule set, a rule set that, you know, reality obeys, but at really, really tiny distance and energy scales. Okay, so quantum mechanics, just to recap, yeah. is the rule set amongst like really tiny things, how they work. Mm-hmm. So does that mean the forces that we talked about in an earlier episode don't apply to these really small things? No, they do. Oh. Uh, in fact, the weak nuclear force especially applies to quantum mechanics. Like, that's where you see it. Okay, so quantum stands for, like, what does that mean? Uh, a quantum mm-hmm. is the smallest unit you can get. So if something is quantized, it's, you know, distinct pieces as opposed to being able to divide it infinitely smaller and smaller and smaller. Like a quantity. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I see where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Literature. Yeah. Language. Okay, cool. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to know what mechanics were. No, no, that's good. Okay, go ahead. So, as was the style of this time, um, this guy was, he came up with a thought experiment involving where uh, quantum mechanics kind of intersects with standard mechanics. And the deal with quantum mechanics is it defines things in terms of waveforms. So instead of having a position and a, an energy and a blah, 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 you know, different properties, mm-hmm. um, a waveform of a thing describes a bunch of different possible states, uh, superposition of states, and the probability of being in any of those states. So obviously this breaks down once you get a lot bigger because I can see where you are. I can see where this is. And that's because that uh, quantum factor mm-hmm. is really, really, really small. So when you're dealing with small stuff, that's you know the overriding contribution. When you're dealing with really big stuff, it basically goes away. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you kind of lost me, but we'll get back on track. It's okay. Okay. All I know is that you said the word superposition, and the only reason I know that word is because of that t-shirt. <laughs> and the t-shirt said, physicists do it in superpositions. And had right several vectors that basically looked like people copulating. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I know about what you just said. Okay. I th- I th- okay. So I think what you said is quantum mechanics basically... Uh, is like theoretical about where things are in space instead of like seeing it 
Kind of. On like a macro scale. So instead of having distinct properties, Mm -hmm. things have probabilities of being, you know, in X state. So you're more likely to find it in the middle than off to the sides is the best you're going to get about quantum mechanics. Like, like what exact? What is it? Like a the really small thing? Yeah, like a particle. Oh, okay. So, you know when we talk about grabbing a thing and dropping it, mm-hmm. and we can define, you know, how fast it's going when it hits the ground, like when it's going to hit the ground, because, you know, you've got your Newton mechanics. Yeah. So you've, you get an answer at the end. So quantum mechanics, you don't get a number answer at the end it doesn't say three seconds it doesn't say four miles an hour it says well you've got a probability and this is the most likely but there's a likelihood of being this and this and this and this so that's why it's a wave yes okay i get it yeah but why honestly no one knows wait we don't know we don't know why we don't know why this stuff behaves like that Quantum mechanics is a little bit of a kludge, but it's a mathematical model that describes things really well, or rather lets us predict things really well. And I know I see that face you're making. A lot of the physicists, like including Einstein, really big names who kind of made quantum mechanics, they didn't like it either. Is kludge a word? Sure. Kludge? Yeah. Like kind of a mishmash. Isn't it? That's not a word. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, though. Like, yeah, because you guys don't see the skeptical face I was making. Um, but quantum mechanics almost sounds like magnetism, which we discussed last episode, and sort of like almost magic. Like, we just sort of accept it in a way. Kind of. Just because we can't describe why in, right. like, in a very like black and white scientific way. Right. Quantum is like as a rule set as, you know, equations and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's basically just the best we've got. And as far as why this stuff behaves, question mark, giant question mark. Okay. So Schrodinger's cat is a model for quantum mechanics. Right. So he had this thought experiment where you take a cat, and you put it in a container, like a metal container with... Air holes? Sure. (laughs) Um, A little device that has a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of a radioactive isotope, some sort of sensor, and then a little thing that will break open a vial of like some poison that will kill the cat if the isotope decays. So he said, let's say this thing has a half-life of an hour. Mm -hmm. And you put just enough in there so that a single decay you know may or may not happen within that hour so at some point quantum mechanics will dictate whether or not this thing decays or not and whether the cat's dead or alive and if you take regular mechanics this cat is either alive or is not it's like a binary right if this cat is as the quantum state is then there's a you know a wave function a probability of whether this thing has decayed or not and the only way you will actually know whether or not it has decayed is by checking 
So when you check, you don't see whether yes has happened or no has happened. You abs you actually collapse the waveform into either a yes state or a no state. Yeah, so the probability is gone because you know the answer. Right. And the probability is not gone literally until you know the answer. I feel like I get <laughs> it, but I also feel like I just divided my brain in half. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people going through physics courses kind of have to do that brain divide too. Yeah. Like, is this theoretical? Um, the cat is obviously theoretical, but the rules are something that we observe. Okay. So, so was this just a model to explain what quantum mechanics is? Yeah. Okay. It, it was a model to kind of define where the line is between quantum stuff and regular stuff, where that like waveform breakdown actually takes place. So to, Put it in simpler terms and you might like you might get this a little better let's say this cat you know schrodinger's cat mm -hmm. is a cat in a box yeah and you know no poison no isotope no anything but this cat obeys quantum mechanics instead of regular mechanics so i close the box okay i shake it up a little bit and this cat is a superposition of alive and dead waveforms mm -hmm. and you know, it has probability of being either way. I don't know. So until I open the box, it is both alive and dead. Once I open the box... Then it's uh, that binary yes or no. Right. It has to pick one. Okay, but... <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I don't get why. No, I mean, I get why, but like, I don't get what... What use is this? So... Let's extend this. Um, I'm going to say a term that may not hold any weight, but I'll tell you why. So operators on waveforms are things like measuring the position, measuring mm -hmm. alive and dead. And you have operations that commute, meaning you can do two of them at the same time without futzing up the other, or non-commuting, which means they're going to bung up the other measurement. So let's say that this alive dead measurement and like the number of whiskers measurement don't commute. Mm -hmm. So I can open up the box, find a dead cat. Mm -hmm. If I count the number of whiskers, I perform another non-commuting operator on it. I see that the cat has six whis whiskers. Uh -huh. So by making that measurement, I've re- instated a waveform of alive and dead. So if I look again and see if the cat's alive or dead, it could have been dead before and now it's alive. So by going, hey, are you alive, kitty? Boom, alive. What? And then I count the number of whiskers again and it could be four this time. And then I go, kitty, are you alive or dead? Boom, dead. What? Yeah. Like the cat died all of a sudden because <laughs> you counted its whiskers? It didn't die. I forced it back into being both alive and dead by counting the whiskers. So when you're asking <laughs> what does this have to do with anything, like what's the use of this? Yeah. Um, single particle systems, you know, something that is firmly in the quantum mechanical realm, 
um, seem to obey this thing that we've named uh, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, mm-hmm. saying that position and you know energy, momentum, speed, whatever, you can only know you know both of those to some level of certainty. Beyond that, it's all just fuzz. So the more you know the position of this thing, the more you don't know its speed. The more you do know the speed, you d- the more you don't know where it is. I guess that makes sense. Cause depending on how fast something's going, it doesn't stay in one place. Right. Right. And when you're talking about really, really small things. So what that winds up doing is, say you've got a particle in a box. You don't know where it is. You know it has a probability of being you know, in multiple positions in the box. Mm-hmm. That probability waveform actually extends outside of the box even if the walls are say infinitely high but really thin if that probability waveform extends out of the box there's a chance that this thing could just tunnel through the wall what Uh, yeah it's it's called quantum tunneling so if you know you had a quantum mechanics tennis ball and we're just tossing it at the wall bounce like it might go through the wall bounce there's a non-zero chance they could just go through the wall what the hell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so even in like real dynamics, like I said, this waveform stuff still applies, but it's just so ridiculously small. If you were throwing, you know, a real tennis ball against a real wall, there is a one in a, you know, 10 to the 24th chance that it'll go through. So you could be doing it once a second for Ever. You know, eons and maybe it'll happen. Or your tennis ball would just like disintegrate. <laughs> right i mean i have no or the idea. wall would the I only have no reason it would go <laughs> through the wall is because you just hit it in that same spot forever and it just collapsed well that's something different <laughs> well okay i i don't get it i mean you got me until the whisker part yeah no, that's what literally makes quantum mechanics such a mind fuck is that it is a different rule set but why <laughs> But why? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that That's what made Einstein, that's what made all of these people so mad. It just feels really, it kind of just feels like religion. Like. It is to an extent, except instead of making these things up because they make sense and they make a nice picture, these things are kind of heaped on top of one another because it's what experiment says. So experiments are like, eh, I don't know, maybe it can be any of these things. The experiment says like, we see this 40% of the time, we see this 20% of the time, we see this 10% of the time, and none of our predictors are good enough to give us an answer because I can do the same thing over and over again and I get different results. (laughs) So to some extent, you need a model that can deal with that and can give you different results at different percentages. Have you heard the... The phrase, uh, God doesn't play dice with the universe. Yes. Yeah, that was one of Einstein's arguments for like why he thought quantum mechanics was wrong or incomplete or that they were like barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the fact that there was not a single answer yeah. to a question, that the best you could get is a, a chance so like, of outcomes. I, I think I know the answer. What's the answer? It's 42. 
Douglas Adams told us. I got it. But what's the question? We need more mice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. So. <laughs> I can see the wheels turning. I'm like at a loss. Yeah. I, I think I get it, but it's like I don't get why. And did you like your? Did you have a quantum class in college? I did. Did you like it? It was really hard. It seems hard. It's a lot easier to understand with math. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, math is kind of the toolkit that this stuff makes sense with. So is there like a right answer in like quantum physics problems or is it like a... <laughs> no, it's probabilities. It's it's waveforms. So you're just like, it could be from this to this and you would get like an A. I don't know how physics is degraded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, your answer is a waveform that defines probabilities and that's the correct answer. Like the correct answer is a waveform. It's not, you know, thing A is at... 42 meters it's a waveform describing thing a so okay that must have been frustrating waveform math is its own thing that must have been frustrating a little bit you can be honest uh or was it just like no this is hard it was just like learning another like not another language but another set of things you know, like if you go from addition and subtraction and all of a sudden you introduce like division and multiplication, mm-hmm. that's kind of frustrating until you get wrap your head around it. This was exactly that. Just introducing a whole nother set of things and it's frustrating until you wrap your head around it. Okay. So can I recap for a second? Please. Okay. So Schrodinger's cat is a model about quantum mechanics and it shows that there is a waveform of probability... for like quantum states and you don't know and the waveform goes away once you figure out the binary because you've decided if it is x or y yeah exactly you nailed that i could not have said it much better myself boom motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) yeah by making that measurement you collapse the waveform you make that cat alive or dead but in the box it's both because there's the possibility and the probability of it being both so it's always this like parallel like alive or dead thing Mm -hmm. okay yeah so I get it. I feel like we've got next week's topic picked out already because of this conversation. So you asked, like, in physics questions, in, you know, situations, is there not always one answer? And yes, there is not always one answer. I want to talk about this thing called the double slit experiment. (laughs) And (laughs) 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 Which, which kind of parlays us into light. Because light, you know, waves, particles, photons, just light, is kind of where normal physics breaks into bonkers physics. Do you think that's, like, too advanced? I, I don't want to go all the way into it. I just want to talk about this one experiment, and we can we can talk about the implications from there. Okay. All right. Wait, so... Like, can you describe to me... A quantum mechanics problem. I can. Next time. Bum, bum, bum. Aw, fuck, dude.
<laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Wait, seriously? This that's is my the, show. This is the episode. <laughs> Man. Yep. We'll, we'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, do you like us? Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at AntimattersCast. If you have a good topic for an episode, email us at FamilyAntimatters at gmail.com. That's all one word, no hyphen. FamilyAntimatters at gmail.com. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>